Support comes from Bellingham's Whatcom Museum with its historic Hall of Birds. On May 31st and June 1st, hosting bird taxidermist and museum preservationist Alice Markham for a weekend of events and workshops. Details and tickets at whatcommuseum.org. Support comes from Pacific Science Center, working to inspire the next generation of scientists and increase access to STEM education statewide through digital discovery workshops, science on wheels, and summer camps. More ways to support these efforts at PACSci.org. Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Wednesday. This is Seattle Now. A few artists with ties to Seattle took the podium at the Grammys Sunday. Among them, composer and vocalist Sarah Gazarek with her ensemble Sage. They won Best Arrangement for their song In the Wee Small Hours of the Morning. We'll hear more about the music in a minute. But first, let's get you caught up. The National Transportation Safety Board says four key bolts were missing when a door plug blew off a 737 MAX 9 flight midair last month. In its preliminary report Tuesday, the NTSB investigators noted the damage patterns on the door panel support their finding. Boeing said in a statement it would review the findings. In the meantime, MAX 9s that have been inspected have been cleared to fly again. An update on a story we covered last week. Asylum seekers that have been at the Kent Quality Inn are receiving more financial support. Roughly 200 people are being split up between two hotels in Kent for the next three weeks. The city of Seattle is helping to fund the emergency housing, but it's limited. The state legislature is also working on directing funding towards the issue. And popular Tacoma restaurant Howdy Bagel is reopening today after one of its co-owners was shot and killed in New Orleans last month. Jacob Carter was killed while on vacation with his husband Daniel Blagovich, the store's co-owner. Blagovich announced the reopening on Monday. He said in the announcement he didn't think the store would ever open again, but he received such an outpouring of encouragement from the community, he decided to give it a try. When the sun is high That was a clip from the Grammy award-winning vocal ensemble, Sage. The group with Seattle Roots won Best Arrangement for their song in the wee small hours of the morning at Sunday's ceremony in L.A. The female ensemble has forged a path in the music business as independent artists with their own brand of contemporary jazz vocals. Sage vocalist and composer Sarah Gazarek is here to talk about what makes the group's sound stand out. Sarah, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on the Grammy. I want to know, were you all together for that? We were, you know, it's a huge honor. And in our world, it's something that none of us would want to miss. And so we were there together with all of our partners and, of course, had all of our families watching the live stream. Um, I think even Aaron Bentledge, one of our members, had a live stream watch party in Vermont where everyone wore tuxedos. And, you know, so we felt like we had our whole community with us for sure. That sounds like an amazing experience. I want to talk about your roots as a Seattle ensemble. How did you come together? 
Well, yeah. I mean, I think all of us, many of us, I should say, have Seattle ties. I grew up in Seattle and, you know, went to Roosevelt High School and have come back to perform many times as a soloist. And, you know, Seattle definitely feels like home for me. One of our members, Amanda Taylor, also grew up in Seattle and, you know, came up through the Northwest Girls Choir. And Johnny Kendrick lives in Seattle now. She grew up in San Diego, but she is a a professor at Cornish College of the Arts. And so, you know, a lot of us have ties in Seattle and definitely feel like Seattle is a hometown concert when we perform there, but really just came to know each other through the vocal jazz community. It's pretty tight knit when people are doing things at the level that we're trying to do things at. Yeah. Let's talk about your music and your sound, because it was a great way to start my day. I got to be honest. (laughs) Oh, thank you. It's always hard for, I think, most artists to categorize what it is that they do. Our music is in the jazz category in iTunes, and it's in the vocal jazz category of Apple Music. And so I think that's definitely the music that has deeply influenced our rhythmic approach, harmonic approach. We listen to a lot of jazz musicians, the art form that that we feel probably most influenced by is just generally black American music. And that there, you know, is a small subset of that in the jazz community that really prides itself on this concept of amplification of voices that need to be amplified, amplification of of social issues, um, intentional creation of music that that means something beyond just romance and dreams, that is curious about music that isn't just nostalgic references. And I think that's really what has motivated this group, you know, is is to capture the sounds that are inside of us as creators and the sounds are influenced by what's happening in the world. And so of course the you know the harmonies and the rhythms that you're hearing are hopefully harmonies and rhythms that are representative of the music that moves us. And some of it is, you know, Bjork and Yeba and Vince Mendoza and, and music that might have ties to the lineage of of jazz. But, you know, there's a lot of other stuff I would say that moves us beyond that category as well. Hearing all of your music is not surprising you won a Grammy, but we should talk about the arrangement you won for in the wee small hours of the morning. I mean, let's hear a little bit of that. In the wee small hours of the morning That's the time you What's behind this song? You know, it was such a beautiful exploration to get to, you know, figure out what the sounds of Sage were and are throughout this insular time period in the pandemic. It was just the four of us and moving into this space where we were going to be recording our album. You know, we had a few singles that were out on streaming platforms and we wanted to be really intentional with the people that we brought into the space of, you know, the first record that we were going to be putting out into the world. And there were a handful of artists that meant a lot to us as friends. Aaron has been a longtime friend of Jacob Collier's. And, you know, he offered to pop by the studio just to be a friend and to be there and to show solidarity and, you know, to support us while we were in this first go of making our first album. And when he arrived, um, just kind of throughout, you know, if you want If you guys have time, I'm happy to lay something down. And so he popped into the recording booth and uh, laid down seven different versions of In the Wee Small Hours of the Morning. And it was just Jacob singing and accompanying himself on piano. And every single one was so 
wildly different, different keys, different tempos, different reharmonizations, different rhythms, different everything. And each take, we were just mouth agape, jaw on the floor, so overjoyed with the idea that we might have the space to arrange around him. Oh, that one was the take. That was perfect. That was beautiful. No, the next one's the take. That's beautiful. So the task after the fact was really how to decide which one of those seven takes spoke the most to us and that we felt like we could bring the most to as, you know, the sound of Sage. Yeah, you have a strong social message in your music as well. Let's talk about Never You Mind, which is very powerful. Yeah, that one is a Jeanne Kendrick original composition. And it's a song that she wrote um, as a tribute to the lives, the Black American lives who were lost at the hands of police. And you know, Jeanne is a black woman, and as three white women standing next to Jeanne um, in support of her, it's a gift, it's a joy and an honor. I shouldn't say a joy, but it, it really is an honor to stand next to her and to have the space to support her and to acknowledge, you know, the people who created this music and the importance of, of uplifting and protecting Black American lives if we are going to benefit from and experience, you know, the art that is created by them, the importance of making sure that we're protecting them as well. So that one on the album is, it's, it's also joined by the incredible trumpet player, jazz musician Ambrose Akinmusiri. Yeah, let's hear a little bit of that. Very powerful song that actually starts out with the names of people killed by police in police custody. You know, I'm curious how part of being a female ensemble informs your work and your process, because from what I'm hearing, it sounds like you're all pretty free to be vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've definitely been on both sides of the experience. I've I've been in the room where, uh, you know, I felt like I had to fight for my voice to be heard and uh, or been in the room where I had to wonder, as I mentioned before, if if the collaboration that I'm experiencing has an ulterior motive behind it, if, uh, you know, the sounds that I'm making are going to be valued by the people that I'm collaborating with. Um, and Terry Lynn Carrington, who I mentioned before, has an incredible article outlining how a lot of the things that we value in the jazz community are based on who was invited to be at the table when those values were being dictated and what the world would be like if if women and non-gender, non-binary musicians were invited to be a part of that conversation. And Joni Mitchell has spoken to that as well. And, you know, she often says that, you know, there'd be more suscords, there's be, there'd be more mystery around the definition of some of these emotional things, you know, that, that might feel a bit more decisive and strong and, and powerful, you know, there might just be a bit more tenderness and, and openness and, um, and who knows, you know, and so I think that's really, to me, the thing that uh, you know, I'm I'm curious about that that in Sage, you know, Desert Song, the the song that we had that received our first Grammy nomination, definitely kind of falls on the tender end of the spectrum. But we also have a handful of songs on the record that are that are pretty big, you know, have big sounds and big emotions, and you know, I think that that to me is what's what's most interesting. I'm most interested in that, the full spectrum of the experience, the willingness to step into the smallest sound, the most vulnerable sound, the most expressive small space, but then also to step into the most expressive dark, 
ugly, full, aggressive, angry, you know, like it's it's all of it. And I think that's that's the permission that I think I've received from being in this group is the permission to embrace the entire spectrum of the human experience, but also to explore it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you talked a little bit about fighting for your voice in a room of having that experience. And, you know, the Grammys are full of big name artists. So it's pretty cool to hear that an independent artist like your group are winning an award. But I am guessing, (laughs) I'm thinking about all the things you probably had to do to get to this point. Right, right. It's just a lot, you know, it's it's a lot of replying to emails. It's a lot of sitting and listening to one track at a time, making sure that things are edited the way you want it to be. It's one person in a room demoing out the songs. It took two years from start to finish to wrap the Sage album because we were doing so much of it ourselves. And the other side of that, though, is that we can feel 100% confident that every single choice that was made um, was made by us. We didn't have to second guess anything. We don't have anybody else to blame for anything that isn't exactly what we want it to be. But we also get to step into this space where we know that every success is because it's a vision that we saw from start to finish. We wanted to speak to that experience that that we are representing probably the 98% of the music community that doesn't see themselves reflected in the Grammy process or, or um, might not believe that they can be reflected in that process because it feels like so much of it is sort of gatekept by these major labels and big publicists and big marketing machines. But at the end of the day, you know, the majority of the music community is fighting tooth and nail. And so hopefully that win felt like it was a win for that community because that's the community that we inhabit. Sarah, what's next? What is Sage working on? Well, album number two, hopefully. We have five songs that we've already recorded. We're working on the next five. Uh, We have emails out to, you know, a handful of different musicians that we'd like to collaborate with. We have a tour happening in the spring. We'll be back in Edmonds in a couple months. Um, We're trying to prioritize our internal relationships with the ensemble at this point. And so just making sure that we all feel like there's balance in our lives and love at the forefront of everything that we're doing, love for the group, love for the music. And so that, you know, that's what comes through on the record. Oh, well, congratulations again. And you can bask in the glory of the Grammy at least for a while, right? Thank you. We'll try. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was Sarah Gazarek, vocalist and composer with the Grammy Award-winning vocal ensemble, Sage. Thanks so much, Sarah. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. An extra thanks to the generous listeners who financially support this show through KUOW. Today's episode was produced by Jenny Cecil Moore. Our production team also includes Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Claire McGrain, and Vaughn Jones. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. 
Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.